Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days beating cancer daily together. My guest is having a hot flash. (laughs) Now, I call them power surges because I think it's more than just a hot flash. But you can't see comedian Missy Hall, but she has her big, huge mop of hair held up off her neck. We've all been there. (laughs) Her face is bright red. And you can see her cheeks and nose are starting to glisten from the sweat. We are living a hot flash real time right now. (laughs) It's the worst. I mean, I shouldn't say that. There are things that are much worse. But honestly, I think this has been the most miserable part post-treatment. And... And I don't even get cute, rosy cheeks. I, I could just get like this giant red nose. <laughs> like, there's nothing like there's no dignity in my in power surges. As you call them. <laughs> Missy, has it happened on stage? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, there. And the thing and, you know, when you're standing under the lights and the hot the, lights that are blinding, blinding. it's blinding. It's hot. And then suddenly that feeling, that awful tingling, and then just the sweating, and it'll drip down. Like, I will sweat like a rock star. (laughs) And people must be looking at me like, all she's doing is talking. (laughs) I bet it it could come off as nerves. And you are so fearless on stage. (laughs) so true. I'm like, I'm not scared at all. I'm just, I'm so gross. And people will hug me after the show and my clothes are sticky. Yeah. Like in case anybody's looking for a sex symbol, here you go. <laughs> it's the worst. Oh. Well, this is episode 15 of Beating Cancer Daily with comedian Missy Hall who has just been told that she is in the stage of survivorship Mm -hmm. and no longer considered a patient. So I like to honor that every episode, Missy, because it's, it's just really, you've entered the club, girl. You've entered the club just Mm -hmm. on the part of, (laughs) of this power surge, Missy's happening. You can't see her, but her hair is now wet. Yeah. It is a, full fledged <laughs> this is like 500 volts yeah. of power surge it's i had had hot flashes pre cancer and pre treatment and now i'm on anestrozole which i think is making them worse this is like nothing i've ever experienced <laughs> like I, i'm so again i'm soaking wet right now 
I know I want to get you a mint julep and like a beautiful man with a big palm yes. fond to fan you. <laughs> yeah, it's just so and you know, and I and I'm showered. Oh, it and it happens. Like I'll try to be, I'll be asleep. And yeah, the, the night tangly, ones. Oh, oh, that's awful. And the sheets get wet. Yes. Yeah. Do you need to, do you need to pause that I should pause the recording and you get like a cool drink or are you okay? Do you hear if I'm using this? You can't hear this fan, right? I don't think so. Okay. But she is fanning yourself, fan yourself. And I will talk about you for a second while you fan yourself. We just keep it real here on Beating Cancer Daily. I could cut right now and I could have actually not even had this conversation with Missy, but we were about to start and it happened. And I just said, are you okay with me just going? And she said, yes. So I just think that it's really important that this conversation be real. And there are many people who are listening who are having hot flashes right now. So join the hot flash club. It's just a real part of this. It can be a real part of it. And I just want you to know you're not alone. And Missy, you're not alone in your hot flash. We're all here in (laughs) hot flash solidarity with everyone. But does it impact your mental state or is it just so annoying for i'd say for the first two weeks when it was getting very severe i was also feeling a lot of of new anxiety which i think anytime there's the change in your body that happens and then you start to get used to it a little bit it's still miserable and i still when I'm talking to people, I still can't help but announce it, <laughs> you know, like having a hot flash, but I'm but not. We see it. I mean, it's something, yeah. it's so visible. Mm-hmm. People see it. They might not know yet what a hot flash is, but it's a visual transformation in the body. Yes. And when I'm in a situation, like right now, I'm fortunate I don't have any makeup on. But have you ever had one with a full face of makeup on? (laughs) And you're just like, does this person think that my (laughs) face is melting off? I just hear the Wicked Witch from The Wizard of Oz going, (laughs) I'm melting, I'm melting. (laughs) Yeah. And like my sunscreen will melt and drip into my eyes. <laughs> um, but I'm, Oh, the joys of cancer survivors. I, I was like this. And you know what? I feel so guilty. I'm glad you said that because I feel so guilty that I keep complaining about this because I am having hot flashes because I made it through treatment because there is a medication that they can give me to help prevent the cancer from coming back. And I do feel like such a jerk complaining about one of the side effects, but it is, it's debilitating in the moments that it's happening. It is debilitating. And they've done studies to show how debilitating the power surges can be. And it's interesting because I was thinking, wow, 
hot flashes are really awful, but guilty hot flashes, <laughs> that's really messed up. I got the <laughs> guilty hot flashes. The guilty hot flashes. Like, okay, so I have <laughs> to tell you that I had this image. I'm so visual. And I had this image when you were describing the hot flash and how intense it is. So I want to have somebody draw this. I want somebody to have like maybe 20 cancer patients and survivors standing in front of like New York City's power grid. <laughs> I want to have the the 20 people in front of the power grid and then have it hooked up and have some kind of solar powered, but <laughs> but hot flash powered energy. Like it would be really funny. I haven't fully worked it out because yes, it just that, came to me. That would be hysterical. Right? It feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some, and I think it's partly because I did World Health Day and World Climate Day for the United Nations. <laughs> it's like everything's cutting corners right now. They mush together two major, <laughs> two major global holidays just so that we would all be on stage together celebrating both because why pay for two different holidays, right? So yeah, it was World Peace Day and World Ecology Day. And it was pretty cool. I mean, it was Oprah, Ringo, Leonardo DiCaprio, Shakira, Jane Goodall, just a lot of celebrities and little old Saren Rothberg host of beating cancer to play <laughs> stage four <laughs> cancer survivor in like micro print. Like they, <laughs> they were in a headline and you needed a magnifying glass to say my name, but you were I there. Was there. Yeah. I was on that stage. Yeah. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. I was on that stage. Yeah. They were, I think, satellited in and, pre-recorded and all that but the fine print people we actually performed on stage that's how it goes <laughs> the fine print people are the ones that actually have to do lots of stuff before they become the big print <laughs> but everybody's saying you're in the press release don't tell people that it's fine print no one's gonna go read the press release they're just gonna know that you did this big thing and i'm like i don't know i don't take myself that seriously that i can't be self-deprecating about <laughs> i i love self-deprecation i i really do not being cruel to oneself, yeah. but just when we keep that perspective, we don't become self-important. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, we were talking about this earlier and we both agree. And if you've never listened to an episode, Missy has been unbelievably gracious to be here with us at Beating Cancer Daily for 15 now. Today is episode 15 of our many, many hundreds of episodes of Beating Cancer Daily and allowed us to follow her through her entire cancer journey from diagnosis till now. And we always like to explore the comedic mindset and the comic perspective. 
And just what you're saying, Missy, is so important to point out. And I want to thank you that you can use this kind of self-teasing because it's fun. It makes you not a narcissist. (laughs) It makes you not so self-important, take yourself so seriously. But boy, is it fun sometimes to be self-deprecating. It is. It's really it's fun because, well, it can do so many things. Like I notice in medical situations, if I say, I'm going to need you to slow down, I have a bachelor's degree. (laughs) (laughs) You have many years and youth on your side, many years of education and youth on your side. I need you to slow down and talk to me like you would talk to a communications major, not <laughs> not somebody who's been through medical school, right? Um, or a five year old, or a five. Yes, yeah. I do that when people try to teach me about my computer, I'm like, talk to me like I'm five. <laughs> well, wait, I just want to honor what you just said because how cool is that? Because the doctors only have a very short amount of time with us, so you do feel very rushed in a lot of these appointments. And you could say, hey, doc, we're talking about my life and death scenario here. But you found a way through comic perspective to get the point across, but not piss them off or make them self-conscious or call them out on the fact you're only getting a very quick appointment and or that it's just too complex. And that was really clever. I I find that in situation really in so many situations when you're trying to acquire information if you don't get it right away if you just explain it like that it gives the person that moment to be like oh yeah why she has no background knowledge in this right and everybody can laugh for a minute and then get back It's off. a reset. It's a brilliant reset, a brilliant, brilliant reset. We were talking about how you go through these experiences and people say things to us as cancer patients and survivors that can be quite alarming and hurtful. And I do have an episode on this called Cancer Say What? But there are moments in the cancer journey that can be very difficult and some of them sneak up on you. Mm. And I want to talk about what just happened at your MRI. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, it was me watching a scene of an MRI in a movie. Oh, wow. Yes. I was watching a movie where someone was getting an MRI and sitting here on the couch with my husband, I had to tell, I was like, I need you to pause for a second because Saren, the noises of the machine, the lights in the scene, all of it took me right back to the hospital. Wow. 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 I had 
a moment like that. It was it was crazy. And and we were watching a scary movie of all things. And my husband's like, what? He's like, you don't usually get scared. I'm like, I'm not scared. I'm just I'm very uncomfortable. I am literally feeling like I'm back at the hospital. Wow, that's real PTSD. That's real post-traumatic stress. That's real post-traumatic stress. And that is that is so real in cancer treatment and survivorship because things are happening so fast that you don't have time to process everything that's going on and happening to you. Now, when you are in an MRI machine, do you have like anxiety or are you claustrophobic? Because some people are incredibly claustrophobic in that machine. Yes. I, the part that I feel good about is I've had MRIs where I only had to go partially in mm-hmm. and it helps. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it. Um, Do you listen to music? Yes. Mm-hmm. I listen to music. Because you don't like that bang, 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 bang thing. Bang, bang, bang is yeah. too much. Yeah. And yep. then the bang, bang, bang of the MRI machine. And then when you're having radiation treatment, it's not a loud sound, but there's still that ticking. Staccato. That, bang, 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 yes. bang. Yes. And that I, I was amazed at seeing a scene like that. Just, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was very. Wow. Well, it is so visceral. I mean, those noises are really intense and sliding in. Have you ever seen the open MRI machine? I haven't. Oh, okay. You might want to find out where in your area they have an open MRI. It's, it's yeah. must, it's much less triggering. I've heard. Okay. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. That would mm-hmm. make sense because I think when you've been in that equipment and heard those sounds and for some, it's like with radiation treatments and things that you just go over and over and over and over and over again, and then it's over, you just get back to your life. And then suddenly there's this trigger was huge. And that was one thing that Jeremy was like, I don't, he's like, I can't imagine what that would be like. He's like that, He's like, you didn't see. And that was the thing. He's like, you didn't seem scared when you were going to radiation and when you were going for tests. And I'm like, I it, I was like, I can't describe it. I feel fear now. I just hearing the sound and all of that. It's it. It's a scary thing that it's still living in my brain is what sure. I think. Well, it's interesting thing. because it is so vibrationally strong. Mm-hmm those sounds and being in those poses and having to be so still, you feel the vibration in your system. So those memories live on. I actually have somebody that I want to recommend to you that I think could really help you get rid of that. And it's not hypnosis. I mean, hypnosis would probably work. But it's it's a woman out of Belgium that I really like. I did a session with her and I've sent people to her before. And she really helps release memories or car accidents, stressful situations, things that are just stored in the mind, body and spirit that aren't serving you that you want to get rid of or have closure on. And I think 
she would be a really interesting person for you. So when we get off, I will refer you to her. I think you'll you'll really have success with her. I'm feeling like that's the right person. Here's the flip side to that coin. Ready? Everyone is so individual. And I just have to explain to you, not only do I not listen to music when I go in an MRI machine, I fall asleep. I find it so relaxing that I fall asleep every time I go in. And the techs are so surprised because I just hop up there and I know I'm going to get a really good snooze and they're going to get their their films. And so I have so much empathy for the fact that that could be something that could trigger you. But I also just kind of am in complete awe that we are talking about this. And it's something that I really would never have thought of or thought that would happen because to me, it's a non-event. And so I think that just further shows how everybody is so different on how they process this and there's no right or wrong way. And what triggers me would be something that you would probably not care about. And I'm really happy that we're talking about this because I think there are people who are on either extreme and then people in the middle. And just to hear people talk about it so honestly and openly, people find it breaks down the isolation and loneliness of what we go through. Absolutely. And I think the biggest shock for me was that it I didn't know that it was still in there. I had no idea that that had bought. I just, I didn't know. I know the day that I went in for the the radiation, like mock-ups where they do the films and the tattoos and stuff. I did just inexplicably start crying that day when I was in the machine because it felt so real. And maybe that was still in there. But if you had asked me if I felt fear during that time, my answer to you would be, no, I'm so grateful that they can treat this. I'm so grateful for the treatment. I didn't feel fear. And then now a month after the fact, watching that just, oh. That's so amazing. Post-traumatic stress is so sneaky. Yeah, it was. that was very strange. Yeah. I'm glad that Jeremy was there when it happened. Because- well, I'm sorry I'm laughing because the funny part was I'm so glad that he was there. But then when he was done being nurturing with me, he said, honey, I can't watch this movie anymore because I'm too afraid something's going to pop out. I hate horror films. I I can't. I have nightmares forever. I just have to watch romantic comedies and sports documentaries. I I really can't or stand up comedy. I cannot. I cannot do horror any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it was a series that that I had started with the first one, and we were all excited that this one, the Red Door, was 
was available. I was like, oh, it'll be fun. And it didn't feel, I mean, I was having fun, but he was like, I was actually having this dramatic moment of, oh my gosh, this feels awful. He's like, well, I'm terrified. I can't watch. (laughs) I don't know which one of us was in worse shape, but for very different reasons. (laughs) Do you think that if you examined this hot flash, post-traumatic stress, MRI situation, that it might release a little bit of the stranglehold particularly the MRI trigger, do you think if we thought about it or is it too soon? Do you think if we thought about the elements of having an MRI scene in a movie trigger you to being so uncomfortable or we looked at the MRI experience and we made fun of the MRI experience that you could eventually bring it to stage because so many people have had MRIs or not even bring it to stage. Just use it as your own healing mechanism. Do you think if we looked at it comedically, it might take away some of its punch or do you think it's too soon? No, I, for me personally, nothing has felt too soon when it comes to humor, at least in this particular scenario in life. And no, it's not too soon because there's part of me that also thinks it's hilarious that I could do all of this stuff and then be scared of a noise that sounded like, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) I was like, I mean, there's something like, okay, is it the sound of home invaders or is it this like, no, it's the ticking of an MRI machine that makes, (laughs) no, I do think we could look at it from that funny perspective. And the reason why I say that is because comic perspective can really just bring light, time, distance, air, take away the paralysis. It's my superpower and it is yours too. It's just sometimes when you're in a crisis or you are having post-traumatic stress, it's hard to command it. Right. It's hard to command it if you don't have experience in doing it, but it is almost like a reflex for us. It is. It absolutely is a reflex. And and I think it's important for people to know as they listen to us here, they're having the behind the scenes and seeing like the making of, right? Yes. Very, very well stated. And, but there's times if I post a funny post on social media or say something on stage, um, people will be like, oh, it's so amazing that you can do that. But remember, you you go through it to get to that point. So for, so I, I, I feel like it's important to say that because if, if you're listening and you're still far too sad or too scared to to find a joke, those moments exist in me before the joke, right? Like right. you get there because the instinct for me, I know the instinct for you, Saren, is to steer and find the funny. We're able to do it quickly. 
but there is a gap between the incident and the joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's yeah. also therapy. I mean, yes. it's not like I would ever say, oh, let's sit down and look at this comedically and ignore the fact that they're professional therapists that can help you through these feelings or hypnotists or like right. this woman, Sylvie, that I met out of Belgium. It's that it's just another tool in the toolbox that can be used to process, right? And it is fun, actually. It is fun. When comedy does come from pain a lot of the times, and it comes from being out of your comfort zone, Carol Burnett said, comedy is tragedy plus time, right? I say that a lot here. So... It'll be interesting to see if you can find the funny in this stress and how that then either manifests on stage or you just call me and tell me what, right. it, <laughs> what it is or you tell us here on Beating Cancer yeah. Daily. But I, what you described has happened to all of us. And just listening to a patient that I was speaking to today, she told me a similar story, except it was that she was getting a wig and the person came in to the room where she was sitting and said, so are we going to do the buzz cut? My mouth dropped open. How do you walk in a room with a person who's been diagnosed with cancer and introduce yourself without your name and just say, so are we going to do the buzz cut? Oh, he had such a visceral reaction, just like you. Sorry. It rocked her so deeply. She said she was having anxiety attacks just from that approach and comment and her tone for days, for days. She reprimanded the person. She actually reprimanded the person for doing that to her. But she said that reverberated in her for days. She said it still upset her. It's two weeks and telling me the story still upset her. And she didn't let her do it. I was about to say, I hope hope that she was able to not have that done by that person. Yeah, she didn't do it. Because there's a lot of times we get frozen, like, and then you sit there and then you go home and you're like, and I still let her do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I've told the story before of the woman walking into the waiting room going, are you the breast in front of men and women? And it it didn't linger like I didn't think anytime I was in a waiting room, people were going to come out and go, are you the breast? But I did go into the room and through humor, explained to her in a humorous way that that was not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I said, who's next? The penis? Are you the penis? (laughs) And and that, I wonder if I'm allowed to say penis on Beating Cancer Daily. I think I can. So I'm sorry if there was a child listening. Usually we're very PG. This is very, except for the episodes where we say it's adult only content. But just in terms of having these aftershocks of of things that maybe we didn't process fully in our treatment, 
or in our survivorship. This is real. This is real. It is. It, it's, And it's one of those things where a million people can say and, and do a million right things. And then there will be something. I remember when I found out that I had cancer, there was a a very, a very kind, well-meaning lady in my church that said, oh, but honey, you'll get to meet God. Wow. And I know you're a faith-based person, but I hope you said, not yet. I said, first. <laughs> yeah, but but it just I I can still see that was one of those rocked like I felt the planet tilt. Yes. Oh, yes, God. I can feel that right now when you yeah. said it. I can and, feel the pain of that comment. Yeah. And yet in a weird way for a very faith-based person, that would or could be okay. But Right. In the scenario of that, that's a lot to process. Right. If it, it, it that can be part of a different conversation. Yes. Right? That can be part of a bigger, deeper conversation at a different time. But it really rocked me because, of course, when you hear the word cancer, you're we all go down that road. And as a faith based person, I do have faith that I will be going somewhere besides being earthside my whole existence. But I, that was not what you would expect somebody to say. Those are like gut punch comments. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we do talk about that on cancer. Say what? I say that I wrote them all down. Those horrible comments. And then we would just gather and read them out loud. People would have some wine. I don't drink, but people would have a little wine. (laughs) We would read those comments, pass around those comments and say them again. And I guess that one of the most powerful parts of that little game that we did was that it desensitized me a lot. to some of those wackadoodle things that people say. But I'm really thinking about how powerful the MRI sound. Are you normally auditory? I didn't realize how much. I am usually olfactory. Like a smell will give me, will take me right back. I didn't realize how much that auditory stimuli would do because it's such a, but I think it's such a specific sound. Mm-hmm. It is such a specific sound that and the radiation machine with the yes. little autoed. It's so, so specific. Mm-hmm. And it, and I've never had anything like that happen before. Mm-hmm. So know? I, <laughs> if you've listened to beating cancer daily, I, I just think funny thoughts and I get funny visuals and I just happen to say them out loud. A lot of people would never say these dumb things out loud, but I just, (laughs) I find them humorous. So I say them out loud. I think we should have like a little rap band who uses the percussive sounds of those two machines 
We'll make side A, side B. If you <laughs> remember back to 45s, you guys yes. are probably yes. way too young to remember 45s. And we'll have one with the MRI sound as the beat and one as the radiation sound as the beat. And we're going to make a sing-along song for you, Missy, so you can I rap. Love you it. You can rap to the raps of the MRI machine. I think that's perfect. We're going to desensitize you by creating this original sound side one and sound side two. <laughs> That would be so perfect. <laughs> and then we're going to put that TV show back on or movie. Yes. And we're going to play that scene. And you're going to be like, you <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody very, very high up. In like. I don't want to say like in the justice system said to me today, we were just, it's a friend and we were just chatting and said to me, how does that mind of yours work? You think of the most <laughs> absurd things all the time. How do you get anything done? Because somebody says something and your brain just goes off into this yes. wild creative exploration of comedy. And I'm like, it's called ADD. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the diagnosis. <laughs> I just have you all fooled. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is my master plan to just fool you all. Yep. So that's oh. what I have to do. I have to get a rap artist to yes. oh my gosh. make beats be out of this. Funny. <laughs> so well, I love you. I love when you come here. I love when you talk to me about the different stages that you're at, what you're going through, because we've all gone through this. It's just part of the evolution of getting that cancer diagnosis and just working through this process. And you're just so verbal about it and you're so funny and you're so honest. And I just, I love letting people eavesdrop in on these conversations and be part of them because they do go all over the place. They really yes. do. They really do. We, yes. we don't hold back. No. And we clearly, yeah. And we clearly don't take ourselves very seriously <laughs> or, have, <laughs> or have a script or have a sure. script, right? This is, it's not planned at all, <laughs> but it's just, it's so fun because your mind is so fertile in the comedy world and you allow us to tap into it and you teach us a lot. And I love learning how you think about subject matters and things and how you express your comic perspective. And it just makes me have more tools that I can get through life with and trauma and, and be a better comedic writer and performer mm -hmm. because you're letting me inside all your secrets. Well, and, but it goes both ways because you're so many steps ahead of me in all of this. I get to learn so much and to feel honestly so supported 
in such a very real way. Like it's, it's definitely a win-win match here. So I'm very happy. But we also talked about after we recorded the last episode, we talked about that was Louis the 14th. Yes. I'm not (laughs) going to say it in the week. (laughs) That was the 14th episode. We, we just talked about how, In one episode, sometimes we're laughing and sometimes we're crying and that's just real emotion and we're not holding it back. And I I think that's really why people love you coming on to Beating Cancer Daily and they love these conversations because they're just so real. Yeah, it's such a good feeling and such an honor to get to have these conversations and I got to experience a hot flash with you. Guys, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, nice. it's so validating to have a witness. Yes. Because I'm like, yeah, you can see, like you can see it happening. I'm now not- I just heard a gospel preacher go, do I have a witness? <laughs> do I have a witness? <laughs> do I have a witness? Stand up. If you're witness, like, I don't know. See, this is, I'm letting, I'm letting this mind really be stream of consciousness here. And this is what goes on all day in my head. And I completely amuse myself because I hear these funny things. And I saw your hair get wet in a hot flash through a Zoom recording. It's so personal. Exactly. I want to give you a cigarette and smoke. Have a cigarette. No, I don't even smoke, but it felt like that kind of intimacy you can (laughs) just have with everyone. I I should give you the video. Usually I just get rid of them, but I should send you this so an editor can just literally capture clip that part. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like a huge TikTok sensation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine years of being a comedian and writing and all of that? And then I get discovered from having a hot flash on a TikTok video. Oh my gosh, this would go globally viral. Are you kidding me? And then how they parrot, like they put double screen video and then yes. have, so then they literally have like some guy who's pretending to get a hot flash and he just pours a bucket of water <laughs> on his head. yep oh my goodness and then many people get big blonde curly fabulous wigs and then they just wet them and then they just fall down on their forehead and put on one of those like red nose day clown (laughs) (laughs) no i'm telling you if you ever wanted to be a TikTok star, this is this your is moment. This, this is my moment. moment. It is now my time to shine. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> from the flesh. <laughs> oh, man. We're going down the flash. The hot flash. I was going to say we're going down the flash dance rabbit hole. <laughs> Which oh, is funny. Big ice things. Yeah. You? Yeah. That's where it came from. We're going down the hot flesh rabbit hole. But that's yeah. the way that's the way raiders sitting around a table who are helping each other either co-rate a process or help one help the other and then you're working on material. This is exactly how it is. Somebody it is. comes up with a premise that really happened to them in real life because they're the best ones. 
And then they present to the other person what it was and what they're thinking of where they want to head in the joke. And then because the other person has their own life experience, then they start to improv. It's like a jazz improvisation and you just build and build. And then as you saw, we started laughing and then it got faster and we were laughing. And that's really indicative of some writing tables where you're doing a comedy bit with somebody and you're developing it. And we just were like, it just happened right in front of their eyes, just like that hot flash, Missy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love talking to you. I love laughing with you. Oh, I love creating you. with you. Yeah, I do too. So much. Yeah, so much. So you have to promise me that you'll come back for Sweet 16. I absolutely will. I yeah. will definitely be here for Sweet 16. No, wait a minute. We had Bad Luck 13, but we didn't name it. Then... We had Louis the 14th and isn't the 15th, the Ides of March, like 15. I was going to say, that's what I'm remembering is the yes. Ides of March. Yes. So we, this is the Ides episode. I guess. <laughs> and then sweet 16. And then sweet 16 we'll have. So thank you for joining me on the Ides of cancer beating. <laughs> cancer beating. I can't even say the name of it. Beating cancer daily. Here we go. I I got the tongue twist out. Beating cancer daily. If you'd like to know more about Missy Hall, you can join her and Jeremy, the scaredy cat of horror (laughs) films. You can join them on their live date night on Facebook. If you can't find Missy, then just write to me or go to the record button at comedycures.org and just say, we want more Missy and we will send you her signature so that you can find her all over social media and hopefully one day see her TikTok love flash. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you tomorrow. Have a blessed day. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then I'd love to ask for you to go to comedycures.org and check out our membership circle levels. You will find even more resources and more programming like our live virtual Q&A sessions with me, our live Comedy Cures events with our very talented comedians, live health builder workshops with Jackie Bryan hosted by me, a robust monthly newsletter, plus much more. It's really an exciting community. So please consider becoming a member, giving it as a gift, telling your friends, telling your hospital support group all about this community. I can't think of a more empowering way to go through a cancer journey or your survivorship or your caregiving experience than with us at Beating Cancer Daily. It's truly an honor to serve you. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is? It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy.
Thanks for listening.